Happy Christmas Eve Eve or Happy Festivus. That's the big debate right now. It's a battle of the TV shows. The big debate these days. (laughs) These days. Is that what it is? These days. It is uh, December 23rd at the time of recording. It'll probably be up after that, but we're right smack dab in the middle of the holiday season. And that's the thing I did see on Twitter today trending. It was... Uh, happy Christmas Eve Eve. So I don't know if that means the friends. Is trending? We need to come up with some more clever. Than Christmas Eve Eve. It's like a Phoebe quote, I think, and from friends. Oh, happy Christmas Eve. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. Festivus is Seinfeld. I don't know. I've yeah. heard people. Uh, are... Festivus is more important, <laughs> clearly. Uh, all right, we actually have a special Festivus episode of the podcast today. We're yep. doing the airing of grievances. Yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of problems <laughs> with you people. Just oh, we're doing that right now. Go yeah, right around right, the table. Uh, no one commented on our last episode. <laughs> How dare you? Where are the comments? Classic. So, welcome to Beer Time with Books. This is the start of our second book. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. Woo. Book number two. We're really doing it. We've committed. We we're really doing committed. it. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, you obviously know what the schedule of things are we're doing part one of hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy but to start things off it is beer time with books we're going to ask uh, what we're drinking this week and i'll just start this time we have a uh, new boulevard pack we checked out i have the american brown ale pretty good nice um oh and i'm brian by the way (laughs) i forgot to do that last time we all know who you are. Everybody knows who you are. I'm Jamie. Uh, I'm drinking the Boulevard Bully Porter, which is a robust American porter. Oh, Ooh. robust. It tastes pretty robust. Uh, I'm Danny, and I'm drinking a LaCroix. <laughs> oh. Specifically, <laughs> Pomplamoose. <laughs> nice. As long as somebody's got the beer, the title still yeah, holds. It so still stands. Something's still going LaCroix down LaCroix time here. with books. Doesn't <laughs> have, <laughs> it doesn't have the same ring to it. LaCroix time with books. I like it. LaCroix with the boys. <laughs> <laughs> just one. Just, just one boy. One um, so with that, uh, uh, one other housekeeping item. Uh, this is actually kind of a short week. We had a little bit more time between the last episode and now, but we're going to give some quick updates on some of the other media we've been consuming since the last episode and we can start with sure me um not much has changed since a week ago but i did watch the episode with the red wedding well yeah just say that just in case somebody hasn't seen Um, the show game of thrones yeah i watched the red wedding which was alarming that's all i have to say about that it's Um, so funny that that episode (laughs) That episode has a reputation that like precedes it because mm-hmm. a lot of people know about that episode in general from when it first aired, even if you hadn't watched it so because you knew about it. Yeah, I knew about it. And literally, there's been like maybe three weddings in Game of Thrones already. And every single time it was about to be the wedding, I was like, Brian, is this a red is wedding? This what's happening? And he is- kept just responding with, there are a lot of weddings. <laughs> yeah, there's, just, there's a lot of them. But now... Two weddings in a row, people have died, so weddings seem like bad news bears. We won't say who. Yeah, weddings are bad news bears. (laughs) (laughs) At saying from the person who just got married. (laughs) Weddings are bad news bears. bears. Uh, Danny? 
Um, not much has changed. I just I I watched the first two episodes uh, on Netflix of the Great British Baking Show Holiday Edition. Oh, and it See, I that's think thematic it, though. It's good that we ask because that's uh, no, you're, you're getting in the spirit, man. No, it's good. It's adorable. They like bring back contestants that didn't win from other season from other um yeah seasons, and it's festive and adorable. And they make everything is holiday themed, yes. and it's nice. <laughs> That does sound nice. I I want us to watch that at There's some only, point. Yeah. I was really sad. I started watching the first one, and then I finished it, and I was like, I'm ready to watch 30 more of these, and there are only two yeah. on right now. <laughs> I don't know if they're going to add more, but there's only two, and I got sad. It's such a British thing to have Christmas specials. Like right. That's built yeah. into so much of the programming over there. And I'll, I'll just to tie it into what we're talking about today, uh, so this... Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy started out as a radio broadcast and it was so successful in its first year that it had a Christmas special actually because the BBC <laughs> just does that anytime that something does well they're like let's do a Christmas episode so uh, that's pretty interesting and then uh, for me I've been watching Game of Thrones with Jamie we we watched three last night so that, oh, <laughs> we, yeah. we were committed we were, <laughs> we were, okay. so we're about halfway let's- through season four because the person at the wedding died, and then I was yeah, like, so well, was I need like, to know what happens after that. Gotta keep So many more. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then there's been that, and then also I tend to uh, do things seasonally just because, like, I don't know, especially in the wintertime, anything that I've, like, played before, I always want to revisit it. But I just got Civilization, uh, the game series at Civilization Six, and I've played those on winter breaks because I have so much time, and that game takes so much time but i've always liked it and i like looking at the civilizations and with game of thrones i'm just like yes i like i know all the strategies from these people so uh anyway that's uh what we've been consuming this week and now we're uh gonna be getting into the actual book here and as we've mentioned in previous episodes we're gonna have different leaders for every book and we've been building up to this for the last couple episodes but today's leader for the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy is jamie it's me (laughs) um I was telling Danny and Brian before we started that they both seem way more prepared than I am, (laughs) which is fine. I can moderate. You'll see very soon that that's not true. I am a (laughs) high school English teacher, so this is easy and good. Um, It's all about moderating. The moderating moderating skills are where it's at. Um, It is. But the place that I wanted to start at, I do know this much. I do know. Um, And this is very general, so I think it'll go into a lot of different places. But um, the reason that we're reading this is because I, I mean, you guys too, but I have always heard about this book and it's like got a cult following and it's so famous and I see it at Barnes and Noble every single time I go there. Um, But I didn't really know what it was about. uh, And I figured like something that's such a pop culture phenomenon I should read. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also had some like preconceived notions about maybe what it might be about. And uh, so far, those have been mostly invalid. Yes, I would (laughs) agree. (laughs) I I would agree with that. I wanted to start with that of like, what were your expectations going in? And how was the book the same or different than what you expected? I didn't actually have I, I hardly had any preconceived notions about this book. I all I knew is that it was always on those like lists of top 5, top 50, top 1000 books you should read in your lifetime or whatever mm-hmm. and it's, it's always on those lists. Um I knew that it had something to do with 
space. <laughs> <laughs> That's I mean I I didn't I didn't know anything about it. It was like one of those things I always saw, but I, I don't think I've ever picked it up and read the back of it. Yeah. So that's all I knew. That's yeah. <laughs> I would say I definitely wasn't expecting what I got when I started reading this book just because of uh, how ingrained it is with pop culture. To me, that made it seem like it might be more accessible, I suppose. Like, I know that it's science fiction, and maybe it's because I don't have a lot of experience with the genre. But to me, what I was expecting was kind of like a simplistic story that happens out in space, and it's pretty funny. Like, that's what I thought it was, because everyone says the book's hilarious. uh, That was what I was expecting, too. We talked about that before. Yeah, and it's just... When you get into it, it is all of that. Like the story is pretty simple, but the actual like science fiction aspects of it is very complex. And that to me was like something that was surprising. I didn't think it was going to reach all these instances where he's making up laws or like using real astrophysics Mm -hmm. to describe what's going on. So Yeah, yeah, that was surprising to me too. I feel like from the cover of it, which we all have different covers. All all three of us have different covers. And Danny's is literally the worst cover of a novel I've ever seen. Ever. Horrible. I'm so like it's intrigued because so it looks so different from all the other we'll to, covers I've seen. We'll have to put the pictures on the... Oh, yeah. We'll have to take oh, a picture yeah, of yeah. all of them. But Danny's is really bad. This one um, was published in 2009. Okay. <laughs> was, but, was that a shitty year for, <laughs> for yeah, publishing? That's, well, that's a thing. Book covers do go through <laughs> it's waves. It's true. Like all the seven there, ones from the 70s. <laughs> I feel like 70s. Yeah. There was a recent uh, floral... Yeah. book cover trend i think so yeah um i don't know what i was expecting i think my brain was expecting somewhere something in between <laughs> something in between there's <laughs> spill keep going spill. sorry everything's fine Something in between, uh, like a spoof of star wars yeah um and like Spaceballs? I don't know, which kind of is a spoof of Star Wars, yeah. isn't it? I don't so know. So like a spoof on a spoof. A spoof on a spoof. I guess like I <laughs> I assumed that it was making more like cultural um Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Commentary on like what was popular at the time. But also I don't know. Maybe that's silly. I was surprised at how like the first half at least is like pretty time timeless like it feels not is that what you were saying were you saying that it was talking about like what was happening at the time i don't know what i was saying yes and no um i just it just didn't seem very my beer and got distracted that's fine (laughs) it didn't seem super specific to the time they like i don't know i just didn't seem i couldn't place a ton of the set i didn't place a ton of the setting yeah Yeah, no i agree with that well i think part of it too that adds to that appeal is with science fiction again this is one that i think we all could say that we don't have a lot of experience with but the fact that like there is a limitless amount of like technology that can occur in a science fiction novel because that's basically what it's saying there's no Mm -hmm. rules in what's current in reality that you know the actual hitchhiker's guide itself is like an ebook you know what i mean (laughs) so there's all these factors like that 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 add to it because that it's like not before it's time. Yeah, yeah. but it's not going to like tie it to a previous time where like mm-hmm. you'd have another book where people are talking about dialing up rotary phones. Right. Like this is all stuff that's happening in the future yeah. that society's aspiring to get to. So that kind of like adds to the quality to it a little bit. And I don't know if that's the case for a lot of science fiction, but I definitely see that that would be an appeal. 
Um, yeah, but I also, like, as I was reading it, I don't know, something about the tone surprised me, and I don't know how to describe this exactly. I guess I saw it more as, like, when when I went into it, it was going to be more comical than it is. Like, it's funny, but it's more, like, dry yeah. satire. Like, it it felt kind of like Kurt Vonnegut if he that's, wanted. Yes, that's exactly I what I was going to say that, yes. Which, like, it surprised felt, me yeah. a lot. Yeah. I thought it was going to, from, like, the way people talk about this book, I thought I was going to be rolling around on the floor crying, screaming, laughing. Yeah. Like, also, people think it's so funny. I mean, I thought it was funny. But I just I didn't expect it. I also was worried that because everybody says it's so funny that I was going to think it was cheesy. That's, yeah, I, yeah. Like, I feel like most of those things that it's like, I laughed out loud, blah, blah. <laughs> like, it's normally not that funny. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But I, I thought it felt very, like, Vonnegut-y. That's exactly, I immediately I thought, thought Vonnegut, which yeah. is, uh, yeah. Well, I, I looked up uh, just, I like the context uh, for a lot of the books that I read. Um, and I did immediately think of Kurt Vonnegut because he has so much that's based in like a science fiction genre. And so his first book, Kurt Vonnegut, in 1952 was Player Piano. So that was uh, a good distance behind this because this first aired on the radio in 1978. So that's a good distance away. And then 1963 was Cat's Cradle, 1969 with Slaughterhouse-Five, which... This makes me think of yeah, Slaughterhouse-Five. Slaughterhouse for sure, because mm-hmm. it's the same type of thing yeah. where... Uh, that makes sense to me. You know, there's a lot of endless possibilities because the rules are kind of breaking mm-hmm. there. Um, but I just thought that, like, there was comparisons to that and just the style that is brought up here because of those limitless possibilities like i thought of rick and morty uh which i don't know if you guys have seen but like i looked up the creator he said that he was inspired by this so there's a lot uh in the science fiction comedy realm that i'm not that in tune with but like it definitely did remind me of kurt vonnegut which was super cool because i like her a lot yeah no i was i was pleasantly surprised by that um dry humor throughout and it really like it reminded me of Sirens of Titan, they're, like, talking about going to space. And so that was the the book that, it, like, my brain kept going to that. Um, I haven't read that one. I haven't either. I actually That's only, why I thought of Slaughterhouse-Five. I've <laughs> actually only read half of it. But, that could be a possibility for um, a episode. I mean, they do go to space in Slaughterhouse-Five, too. Uh, but I, really quickly, summary of the book. We didn't do that yet. Or at Keep least not of what doing we, that. I know. At least of what we've read so far. Um, So we start off on Earth. Just a normal day. You know? Normal Thursday. It's a a normal Thursday. (laughs) Uh, Our main character, one of our main characters, uh, whose name is Arthur Dent, wakes up uh, and finds that his house is being bulldozed down. Which, you know, that's unfortunate. That's a bummer. It's a bummer. He was pretty bummed about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he was pretty upset. Uh, and he, there's a, a chain of events, but he, he tries to stop it, lays down in front of the bulldozers, arguing with this guy. Uh, and then his friend, Ford Prefect, is how I've been saying that in mm-hmm. my mind, yeah. uh, shows up and asks him to go get a drink. And we are told pretty immediately that Ford is an alien. Uh, but Arth- so quickly, yeah. Arthur, yeah, like really soon. Arthur doesn't know that, um, and Ford has come to tell Arthur that the world is going to end, 
and pretty casually yeah just very like please Arthur has like a crisis and Ford's like just all these beers and you'll be fine it's fine don't worry about it uh and then the world ends which I Brian and I were reading right around the same time the first part of the book and I remember him sitting there just being like, it just happened. The world <laughs> yeah. just ended. Things escalated very quickly. I feel like a lot of big events in the first half, I mean, that's like, the you know, they're just very like, and then they get sucked into a, you know, yeah. different space time zone. Those could be topics <laughs> of whole books. Yeah, and yeah. like it just happens like uh, it kind of reminded me of the good place in the same like vein yeah. of anything can happen and also things happen that should be a whole season can sometimes be like that just happened in an episode yeah. like that's what it reminded <laughs> me of we're back to yeah. this now uh yeah so then uh the world ends and they happen to get a ride they hitchhike onto the spaceship that is like invading earth and not invading really it's uh a fun parallel between the house being bulldozed down and the the earth being destroyed is they just need it for like a new Freeway. super highway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Super galactic highway. They need the space. So uh, that's being blown up. And then we're in space. This feels like I'm saying so much in a summary because a lot does happen. It, yeah, so no, a lot happens, happens. so quickly. But um, they're on the spaceship and. There are two different species on the spaceship, and the cooks like hitchhikers because it makes the the Vogons. Is that? Yeah. Vogons angry, right? Yeah. Uh, and then the Vogon gets mad. Leader guy gets mad, kicks him off of that spaceship. You think that they are dead for like a chapter and a half, and then they get sucked into a different spaceship, which is following some scientific concept that I didn't follow oh, 100%. I have the one no idea what it's talking about. Wait, what's it called? Which is a great place to start, I think. Um, but there's also this background story of this guy who's like galactic president. Yes. Yeah, like a puppet um, kind of. Yeah, it says he doesn't have any power, but he acts like as like... six people know that, though, yes. that he doesn't have any power. Six, six people, people specifically. in the universe know <laughs> that he doesn't have any power, but everybody else thinks he does. And he has stolen this special spaceship, and I don't know what the special spaceship does, but it's there. It has... So it kept talking about improbability... And the thing that was oh, yeah. the thing that was so funny about it, so like that's I think it's even in the name of the ship if I if I find it in here, but it like specifically focuses in on the improbable and how that like concept of improbability and impossibility was harnessed to be able to like travel across the entire universe and make improbable things happen. Like with what happens at the very end when we find out that Arthur's actually met the president on mm-hmm. Earth. Because the girl that he's with, Arthur was trying to pick up at a bar, which is the most improbable thing. And I thought the funniest thing about that... Party, not a bar. Oh, sorry, party. And then the funny thing at the end was like, they're all like, this is so weird and impossible. What's the probability that will happen again? They're like, it probably will because it's so improbable that like (laughs) everything's probably going to happen. It was just like, I don't know. Yeah, I know. That whole sequence of events confused me. I thought it was funny because of that. And like, I get the general like gist of the improbability and how it makes things happen because they're improbable. I didn't get the full understanding of like 
the science, I guess, but it was pretty funny to me. Yeah, and the the sequence of events between um, them almost dying and, like, getting to meet the president, um, where they're in, like, a cube and it's pink and they're, they're like, oh, yeah. they're hallucinating a bunch of things or maybe not. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has something to do with how the probability machine works. And I was just confused for that whole chapter. I was like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. I liked that um, when... They're talking about how improbable it is that they that the ship picked up the two people, our main characters by itself. Um, the the woman is her name Trillian. Yeah, yeah. Trillian. She says, "While we were in improbability drive, like, yeah. like, like <laughs> high speed, fact, like yeah. I don't know." She was just like, "This is the you know this is uh, the ship was in improbability drive when we picked them up." But that's incredible. No, it's just very very improbable. Yeah. <laughs> How do you say this guy's name? Is it Zaphod? I've been saying Zaphod Beeblebrocks in my head. Beeble yeah, this, this is the funny <laughs> thing about Instagram handle. This is the funny <laughs> thing about podcasting. Yeah, podcasting about science fiction. Like you don't think about it, but then you actually have to like talk about what all these things yeah, are. Yeah, this is out horrible. Loud. Someone correct us because <laughs> we're probably like this would be like if we pronounced Star Wars characters' names yeah. wrong, probably, and everyone's sitting in the at home being like, <laughs> it's we're talking about Zayfood. <laughs> we're talking about Harry Potter. <laughs> we're like, we're talking about like Hermione. <laughs> Hermione. <laughs> People like, are cringing. Like, oh, please. We're stop. so sorry. Yeah. It's, just know that we're sorry and that we know we don't just know what we're talking about. Um, but Zaphod Beeblebrox uh, is... <laughs> I I want to ask you guys questions about, like, his motive. Because I don't know that it's been revealed. Or if it has, I have missed it. But he has, like, this background story... Of being the president, and they're revealing this new thing, the heart of gold, the improbability machine in the spaceship. And then suddenly he just, like, as they're revealing it, he steals it. And I don't understand why. Well, I think part of, like, what I had read into is that he kind of has a narcissistic like edge to his character oh, for sure because on the ship he is watching so intently all of the news stories that are coming yeah, out about he's him like listening to the radio about himself yeah so to me that was like some of a drive because then you also think about everybody talking about the fact that the president doesn't actually have power regardless of how many people know about that mm-hmm. for somebody that's that narcissistic i feel like that would be such an internal battle every day to be like, I'm such a figurehead, but I don't have the power to like do anything about it. So I think that there was like a narcissistic thing of like everyone's going to be talking about a thing that I did, yeah, in my own power to do so. I guess there's that. I I think I assumed that he stole it in order to distract from something else because mm. that's like his whole job is yeah, to figurehead. distract. Yeah, um, that too. But I don't think that we maybe know what that is if that's a thing. Um. I like when he was. We were talking about his ego, ego, and he he says that he's very insecure, uh, and like he's just readily admitting that he has like an ego problem. And yeah. he's like, I yeah. just want to hear about myself. <laughs> like, please don't turn it off. He says, if there's anything more important than my ego around, I want it caught and shot now. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like kind of joking, but he's like, he's not, like no, he's actually, no. Serious. Let's yeah. like, let's do that. Why? What is this? What is more important? Let's that do that. Is what I want. All right. Well, guys, um, I don't know. There are a lot of things that I want to talk about, but I feel like they're not connected necessarily. Like, I want to talk about the 
characters and my dog is vomiting. We'll be right back. <laughs> yeah, pause. <laughs> was that what that was? And we're back. <laughs> <laughs> this episode has been full of detours, just yeah. like this book. But uh, this episode is brought to you by beer spilling yeah. <laughs> and dog vomit. We, we wanted this uh, episode to be as uh, chaotic and detoury as this book. It's, yeah, it's thematic, dude. Just you know, you don't know what's gonna happen next. <laughs> Even everyone on their Any, anything the can happen. What What are the possibilities that our dog would throw up in the middle of our episode? <laughs> it's so impossible that it's probable. It's- <laughs> so anyway i think uh before we were going uh jamie was getting into the characters yeah I, I think what i was saying before that happened was um there are a lot of things to talk about there's so many interesting plot details and like funny little moments but overall i think the story is driven by our main two characters um and also our, like, side character guy in Beeblebrox. Um, but I just want to talk about what we think of them as main characters and um, how they're characterized so far and if we like them, if we don't, if we... I don't know. Sure. I'll say for Arthur, um, I'll just hop into this because it actually relates to a quote that I grabbed uh, from the Rick and Morty creator, but... When he was talking about how this had influence, and again, this was something that I thought about, like they have similar vibes to them, uh, Rick and Morty in this story as well. I decided to see if it was, and he said, in the writer's room, it feels like I'm actively referencing some parallel from Hitchhiker's Guide. I think that's where I learned everything about the concept of an infinite universe as entertainment as it pertained emotionally to the common man. And I think that that's so important in this book with Arthur that, you know, all of these other beings know what's going on all of these impossible things that to arthur seems insane to them it's just like it's fine so having it grounded in him being in the story that you know he has the human perspective he sees things in the sky and you hear uh descriptions all around them of when those ships were in the sky they were so improbably big that people were going into shock upon Mm -hmm. seeing them so, like, that's the human element to this story because, like, I've thought about that with space. Like, this book kind of gave me an existential crisis because, like, a lot of scientists have talked about that is humans perceive things so easily because there's so many similarities that we don't have to think about them that much. When you see something that big, your brain is like, I'm not ready for this. I don't know what, like, could even be that big. I don't know what it could possibly do. So I like Arthur in the story and regardless of how – testy he can get with people he freaking deserves it because like look what he's going through so i like having his perspective there because he's the uninitiated going through some of like the craziest stuff in the universe Mm -hmm. so i like arthur a lot i also really like the moments um between arthur and ford where they're talking about the hitchhiker's guide and like clearly he's going through so much like you've said and ford just keeps being like read the cover don't panic you're (laughs) fine as if that's good enough (laughs) i know it's like how can you not panic and also it feels like so ominous of like he freaks out when arthur panics and it's like what's gonna happen yeah if he like totally freaks out yeah and that it is the cover of like the book that it says that just don't panic I like also that Arthur is kind of playing the part of us in the book. Like, I feel like I read the stuff and I'm like, this is crazy and I'd be freaking out and I identify so strongly with Arthur because Ford's just like, just drink some beer and get over it. The world's going to end. And 
I'm just like, but this is a big deal. <laughs> this is a huge yeah. deal. But excuse me. But excuse me. And I, no. I mean, you can even identify with like the small. Well, it's not that small, but like the you know the indignity of waking up and seeing that your house is going to be bulldozed, yeah. and they're like, you should have checked yeah. the super obscure room where it was posted nine months ago or whatever and i just you can be i was really frustrated for arthur in that moment i was just like bureaucracy that whole time i was sitting there like this has to be illegal like they have to notify him months in advance yeah i was very mad for arthur which is the point but but. yeah yeah and i i am curious about uh just the rest of the characters going forward because like it is that relatable to read along with Arthur but now we are getting more characters into the cast because at the end of the section that we read that's when we found out that uh president uh Zaphod had that gal that Arthur knew and like there's another human perspective there as well but like now we're going to get a mix of all of those minds going forward which I think will be really interesting because there hasn't been a lot of time to sit and think yet for any of the characters because everything again happens so fast Mm -hmm. and like all of these things are happening within minutes like pretty much everything we've we've read has been within like such a short amount of time maybe 10 minutes yeah like i think yeah he says something ford says something about uh the end of the world being 12 minutes away the edge of the world being 12 i don't remember yeah but yeah it's like less than 15 minutes Mm -hmm. i feel like yeah yeah so that'll be kind of fun to see i think just you know what what the girl has to say about it too and if she's like as torn up about it because like there's literally nobody else yeah i mean but already we've seen a little bit of her character um before we even knew that she was human necessary yeah. i think she's human right there's nothing no yeah she's, she's not human. like ford right she yeah, wasn't she's, disguised she's human um yeah she is but she's been living with uh the president for a while now has been his his girlfriend for like what six months or something yeah I think um so. so seeing that perspective will be interesting i think as we get to know her a little bit bit better because right now she seems fine she's like more in charge of anything yeah than everybody else is yeah um which is interesting but i agree i really like arthur as that that character i also I don't know, going into this novel, I don't think that I realized it started on Earth. Like, I don't... I don't know. Oh, I had when no you preconceived notions. Yeah. Wait, like, before I started... Re- before I read anything, I don't think I had any preconceived notions, really, that, like... I was like, it's in space, and mm-hmm. it's aliens, and we're bopping around. Um, in space. <laughs> but I don't know that I... I realized it was going to start out with such, like, a mundane activity just yeah like i like that up i like that contrast though. yeah arthur is like so exceedingly normal yeah and all of this like <laughs> he's very and he's boring. just like i just want to live in my house and yeah. yeah i don't know i just feel like it's interesting to like see all of these extraordinary things happen to him i'm also super interested in as like why why is he the main character like why did ford feel Befriend the need him. to save him oh yeah like and they've been friends have they been friends for the whole time that ford has been on earth because he's been on earth for like 15 years and then he, be- yeah. he befriends yeah Arthur. i think i don't so. know how long it was but they've been friends for a while yeah yeah it's been a long time yeah because that hasn't been addressed yeah and that that we even know the motivation for that like what's the point yeah like i know well there is some motivation because he's 
wanting to add to the Hitchhiker's Guide. Um, but he kind of yeah. already said that he he knows what he's going to say. It was uh, harmless, and then mostly, he's going to mostly, mostly harmless. harmless. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that was that really funny. Arthur was so Arthur. indignant. I, that was another point where I was <laughs> indignant with Arthur. I was just like, "That's all you have to say." Yeah. Well, one thing that's interesting about the two of them is I also saw this when I was looking into it a little bit is um, when Douglas Adams was first coming up with the idea, the only thing that he wanted to do was destroy the earth. Like that was the idea. And then he was thinking, well, there has to be an alien there to like give context to what's going on because who else is going to be able to like explain why everything's going down or like be a catalyst for it in the first place. Yeah. So it's like funny to see that, you know, that wasn't really the focus of the story in the first place, but that he kind of just like added it in out of necessity. And so like just to see, knowing that he came in a little bit later into the story to see his motivations later on in the book will be pretty interesting as to like how how he resolves introducing him Mm -hmm. when he wasn't part of the story anyway so Mm -hmm. yeah but i'm also interested because i know that this is technically a a series a Mm -hmm. trilogy in five parts like how many of those things will be um settled by the end of this novel well here's oh go ahead no just did he write this like as wanting it to be part of a series or did he write it as a standalone and then add it was on radio as a series so this is what i looked up is it was a six-part thing Uh but he wasn't initially before that it just was popular and then he kept building and building and Mm -hmm. building and the other thing i'll say about that is when i looked at uh the sequels online apparently they all start from the same place and they all have to do with arthur Oh. But but there are small tweaks to the story. That that's what I read, and mm-hmm. I hopefully uh, I'm right on that. But I saw that like all of the stories are a similar like vein, but there are other things that come up. So, but I'm pretty sure they all start on Earth with the Earth going to end. That's interesting. <laughs> interesting. And again, it goes back to his like original point of the story where he's thinking like I want to write a story about destroying the Earth, and then he wanted to do it so five much times. he did it five yeah. times. <laughs> like so. I just really <laughs> want to do this. Yeah. <laughs> That is interesting. Yeah. Um, okay, so back into Ford's character and maybe sort of his motivations. We know that he is an editor for this book, The Hitchhiker's Guide mm-hmm. to the Galaxy, uh, that details things that you need to know if you are traveling through the uni- the universe. Um, is it a multiverse? I don't. I don't think so. I, yeah, just universe. universe. I think. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because they keep comparing. They go back and forth between like what the Hitchhiker's Guide says and what the Encyclopedia Galactica mm-hmm. says, um, and how that's so like sterile versus the the Hitchhiker's Guide mm-hmm. is like the the things you actually need to know um, with a flair. With a flair, <laughs> it's a little bit sassy sometimes, and like we already mentioned, Earth's description uh, is just harmless and mostly harmless. <laughs> um, but looking at him as a character, I think is really interesting. Like I, I love that idea of just <laughs> romping around, writing about, just for the general knowledge of everyone. Yeah, just like helping everybody out. Yeah. He just explores and might die, and he seems so calm the whole time. Yeah. Um, Why was he so um, upset when he found out that Zaf Zafrod Zafod Zafod Yeah. Why was he so upset? When he found out that he had, like, visited Earth. 
because he was like, he, I've been there for he was there. Years. Yeah. Oh, is it because he didn't say hi? Well, no, he, he was trying to get off of Earth. So he, he landed on Earth to like do research and then got stuck there for 15 years. So he was so okay. Got he it. didn't yeah. have, he kept trying to look for spaceships to like hitchhike oh, off. Oh, so Phil Zaphod. Yeah. <laughs> so Phil like was there and he went to a party and then he could have hitchhiked with him. Yeah. But then. But he, he was like, but he took he took Gal instead. That's yeah, uh, okay, got it. Yeah, and they're also related somehow, which I don't know what this means, but they're semi cousins. <laughs> yeah, we haven't delved into that. Yeah. I took that just to mean like distantly related, yeah. but I didn't know if that meant like fam- like in a f- like familial way or just yeah. like they're both aliens. <laughs> yeah, like, like right, are they right. even the same species? Because Zaphod has like two heads and three arms. And arms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and we don't, do Three we even arms. know what Ford Ford is in like a human form? Yeah, yeah. he looks like a. Does he have human. an alien form? We don't, I don't think we know that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we barely know him. Yeah. Again, it's only been within the last like ten minutes. <laughs> I know, but I feel like we should know that. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's cool, and it also is like because his character came in and then it evolved so much. The other quote from Douglas Adams that Douglas Adams that I saw is like the hitchhiker's guide itself was so enthralling after he had started doing it that like the book became about the guide yeah and so like that's the other thing is how it evolved with ford to then get into something that ford is working on which then gets into be the main subject of the book because there's Mm -hmm. like significant aspects which again when i was talking about like how surprising it was to read this it's because of the guide that it gets more complex than it probably would have been otherwise because you know you can just uh, like tell a simple story but the fact that there's so many detours and there's footnotes here mm-hmm. all these oh, descriptions yeah. that's why we're getting so much of this information about the world itself which like that's what I think makes it so unique and again like you have science fiction in the world at your fingertips but you're essentially writing about a book yeah I think that was the other thing in this book that made me think of Kurt Vonnegut like I those little the chapters that are just solely the hitchhiker's guide that basically just give a sassy commentary on what's already happening Mm -hmm. um and also gives us vital information i my brain kept going back to cat's cradle with the um the book of oh no the religious texts that's oh the okanonism yeah yeah the book of okano okanonism yeah or Um, bokanonism yeah yeah. there it is i was trying to think of the letter that went in yeah yeah, because like there's like little moments where it's like commenting on what's happening and like who these people are um like interludes kind of yeah and i yeah i thought of fun to get to yeah which i i like that i want to dive into that and see if uh douglas adams was inspired by kurt vonnegut just because like i am kind of getting you know hints of that and i could see it in some of the more recent pop culture like sci-fi you know like i said there's some that i looked up that they were just like this straight up is inspired by mm-hmm. hitchhiker's guide so it'd be interesting to see if kurt vonnegut like inspired that to go on mm-hmm. obviously he was inspired by other people too but like there's just a lot uh reading science fiction it just seems like there's a lot of debt going back and forth in the storytelling which i think that's kind of a thing with genre fiction uh there's a, a lot of stuff that keeps them unified but like this is a pretty early adopter like this is coming ar- around the same time that star wars is mm-hmm. in the 70s so like obviously it wasn't as much of a cultural phenomenon for star wars to like have broken through yet so it's just like interesting to see on 
where all these influences are coming back and forth because like we've all talked about we've seen it come from something and seen it sent out to other things which i think is fun to read it for that reason because this is probably like the pinnacle of something that gets referenced Mm -hmm. uh, nowadays so yeah, which as a thing to maybe end on, I don't really know where we're at on time. Oh, um, we can just do final thoughts. Okay, so as a thing to end on, uh, now that we're halfway through a very short book that is a cultural phenomenon that gets referenced all the time, um, I think my final question is, like, why do we think it is the cultural phenomenon that it is? Like, I reading half of it, I really like it, but I don't know that I've been blown away. <laughs> by the story so yeah. far um i think it's fun but i i think that that prospect interests me like i'm i'm fascinated by why this story is the one that everybody's sort of grasped onto um so if you guys have any thoughts on that go for it well i i just think it's the similar thing that like it's the high and low culture mix which is what has always drawn me into like postmodern works that's like a staple uh that you know there's the lowbrow stuff where he's doing all these dry jokes like uh on page 34 he was saying um the ships hung in the sky like bricks don't and yeah. stuff like that like he just has a bunch of jokes like that they're all like they're, they're all they're all like really lowbrow things that like you can still find enjoyment you know just off of those little things alone but i think that when obviously our dog's better now yeah, he's feeling hopping great. around in the background um but i think that because it's not limited to just those jokes and that it does have the guide to get into like the stuff that would appeal to like really hardcore science fiction people where there's laws in the galaxy, no matter how absurd they are, you know, there's at least something and there's all of this world building, even in a short book. Like we know so much about this universe in 100 pages that it's almost like baffling that he was able to fill that much in, but it's because the guide is easily referenced and you don't have to like build it in that well. So I think that it's probably that the mix of both to me, seems to be the thing that keeps it. Yeah. uh, I think it's, appealing to a lot of yeah people a lot of readers at least but i also agree i'm not i mean i'm not floored yeah <laughs> i don't maybe people are i'm curious to see where it goes at us I'm curious yeah no i'm interested yeah i'm interested to see where the story ends up because like i said it, the ending can be like a full okay. star for me and like just seeing where it goes like it could be absolutely insane like it could honestly go anywhere and already has so i'm really excited to read this next chapter actually because we we read through chapter 13 mm-hmm. right and oh yeah, I guess we should have mentioned that. <laughs> we read through chapter, chapter thirteen. 13. Everyone knows halfway. about halfway. Yeah, uh, that's our general halfway. rule. About halfway. And I really, I mean, we meet. We realize that Trilly, 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 Trillion, Trillion, yeah. is a human, and that, Trisha Million, and that, that yeah, 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 and oh, tr- Mc, sorry, Million, uh, Trisha McMillian. Yeah. <laughs> we like meet her, and then the, all of like all they all are together, and they are like talking about how they all know each other, and mm-hmm. I am excited to see what else happens yeah there's a lot of cliffhangers i think because like there's the uh end of the chapter where they just get like shot out like a cork and that what they right. said of the spaceship yeah. like there's a lot of those and it's the- like they're gonna die in 30 seconds yeah. but the next chapter is literally just an excerpt from the hitchhiker's guide yeah, <laughs> like yeah and just- i you want to like i sometimes i didn't skip but sometimes yeah. i want to skip yeah yeah so there's definitely like stuff that we don't know because like it's just the kind of story again I, like i said i feel like this whole episode is just like 
Brian doing pop culture references, but like the good place <laughs> cliffhanger thing, like it does the same formula. Yeah. The good place yeah. makes you want to keep watching because there's always that cliffhanger, which is like, and they got shot out of a spaceship, dot, dot, dot. But okay, it, well, I got to read. It cuts to something else that's happening and then yeah. you have to like wait, you know, until it goes, yeah. until it returns to the, yeah, the scene. Well, one more thing from me for the pop culture references. <laughs> Again, that, that's just going to be... Brian wants to talk pop culture. Pop culture, baby. So um, Radiohead, the album OK Computer. Uh, so this was all like BBC. So this is, uh, you know, a very, very ingrained to the British culture because it started there. And, and this all takes place in the UK, right? Yeah. Um, and so... The band was actually listening to the radio broadcast when they were on tour for their second album, The Bends. And we haven't gotten it to it yet, but apparently there's a quote that they pulled from this book, OK Computer. And that's... I think we already oh, did read we? it. So I literally reversed that. I was reading it and I, someone was talking to their and said, okay, Siri computer. and they said, OK Computer. And I was like, Radiohead. Yeah. And I, that's, I got that. Yeah. I'm proud. I'm proud. Well, and, and <laughs> the other... I got that. I didn't have Pop track. culture. But it's, I know what you're talking about it's now. When it's when they're talking to their version of... Siri, who's kind of sassy, who yeah. I really like. Yeah. What's what's the name of the robot? Because that's the other Marvin thing. is the robot. Marvin, yeah. So that's the other reference from that album is, I don't know if like it's something that we had heard yet either. I just had seen it from a separate thing, but he is the paranoid android. Okay. I don't know. I don't know if he gets dubbed that later, but uh, he's the paranoid android. And then in the book, they say, OK, computer. So OK, computer can... has a lot of debts to Hitchhiker's that's Guide. That's interesting. Yeah. That's really interesting. Huh. So that's pretty cool. I'm trying to find Brian it. was it's so much there. more prepared than me, and it's I, fine. I can't remember where it says that about OK Computer, but it's whenever they're talking to the guy. Yeah. I just I just thought that was cool because, like, again, with all the oh, dads. On page 88. Page 88 of Danny's version. OK. He said, yeah, OK, cool. The voice circuit sprang to life again. Why, hello there, they said. All <laughs> I want to do is make your day nicer and nicer and nicer. It's just like a helpful little Siri gag. <laughs> Ahead of its time again. <clears throat> so yeah i think that uh i don't know that's all really cool and i think that that's what i'm getting a lot of a lot out of this read is just like the pop culture stuff which i think is a lot of fun so i'll, I'll just be curious to see where it goes from here but uh this is definitely out of our comfort zone so it's yeah. cool, to, cool to be doing it i'm gonna talk about pop culture for one more second um does isn't when don't when people say oh, the google assistant don't people say okay google Okay, Google, yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's not related. But they do. When people, when <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. Their, I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. Their little Google assistant, they say, okay, Google. Well, you can <laughs> also program because like for Alexa, you have the option. Oh, <laughs> we have one and it's lit up. Uh, you can actually say computer. Okay. And Jamie did not like that when we first got it. She was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's a little too cold. Yeah, that's scary to me. Yeah, I don't like that. So. <laughs> no, that, okay, that's, like that's okay, maybe not related, but <laughs> whatever. Um, so, yeah. anyway. Well, Thanks, guys. Uh, we're going to read the next half of the book, and we'll have our next episode after Danny gets back from China. Whoa. Um, so that'll be a minute, but... We'll be we'll be there. <laughs> we'll be back soon. Um, so, yeah, thanks for joining us on Beer Time with Books. Uh, we got... Uh, <laughs> and LaCroix. And LaCroix. <laughs> LaCroix with... With the boys. The boys. <laughs> the boys. Boys, yeah. So anyway, uh, anybody want to volunteer for the outro? Jamie, I think it's your turn <laughs> to do the outro music. Oh. Solo volume.
Oh my. <laughs> We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>